Faces come and go and I'm forever grateful Come and tell me long and slow Exactly what I wait for Better times, yeah, better times Somehow I don't believe it I built a house up long ago Just to up and leave it As the calendar inches ever closer to autumn, I'm dying. It's August and I can't wait to go bird hunting. And I'm sure listeners feel the same way. Um, I am super excited for today's podcast because that's what we're going to be talking about. A brand new educational video series called How to Hunt Upland Birds. It's the meat of the season just around the corner for us to be chasing our bird dogs around and our the beloved feathered birds that we all love. Um, so how to, upland, how to Hunt Upland Birds is a free online course featuring five of those different beloved upland birds in five different regions of the country. Um, and I'm excited to be joined for this episode. Um, two people instrumental in the video project and just the overall program or initiative for the organization to introduce new people to bird hunting. Uh, returning, I don't know, I, I need a punch card for you, Colby, how many times you've been on the podcast, but we have Colby Kerber, brand new title this time around. PF and QF's Director of Conservation Education Programs, and brand new co-worker Ashley Chance, PF and QF's Hunting Heritage Program Manager, which was Colby's old title. So we'll start with Colby. You've been on the podcast a, a number of times at this point. Um, let's have you introduce yourself to our audience. So maybe they're coming into this one, the, the title of this episode caught their attention. They don't know who you are. Give them a little bit of background on where you are, where you're from, and what you do for the organization. Yeah, I appreciate it, Bob. It's uh, always exciting, though, when I'm on the podcast, because that typically means it's hunting season with my previous position as hunting heritage program manager. Um, and now Ashley fill in that role. Um, that's usually when I'm on. So everybody gets excited when it's that time of the year. Um, but uh, again, Colby Kerber, the director of conservation education. I've been with the organization for over 13 years now in various capacities, started as a biologist, spent some time as a regional rep. And uh, now I really get a focus on um, educating, engaging and expanding our conservation upland community. And, and it's exciting working through our path to the uplands initiative so uh the one thing that i do a little bit different than i did last time i was on the podcast is now i focus on our conservation leadership our habitat education and our hunting heritage so i've kind of expanded my role there and work with everything from uh, our pollinator uh, initiatives to the hunting heritage side of things and uh, just work with an awesome team and excited to be here congratulations on the promotion you know, 13 years, you've, you've got a track record of success. And one of the um, successful elements is what we're going to talk about today, because this is your your brainchild. Um, maybe help me introduce our new um, our new co-worker and um, first timer on our podcast, but not first time podcaster. 
Yeah, Ashley has uh, been a great asset to our organization and uh, extremely excited to have her on today. Um, she's just going to really take um, what we built with Hunting Heritage over the last few years and, and take it to the next level. And Ashley is uh, down in quail country, which I won't spoil all of her background, but it's uh, a great to have a teammate uh, down in the quail world. So Ashley, go ahead and uh, take it over. Yeah, well, you can call me Ashley or Colby 2.0. Um, both both apply. <laughs> We're going to so call we'll you see, Ashley. <laughs> we'll, see if, we'll see if I'm a better version or not. TBD on that. Um, yeah, I, I guess a short synopsis of me and my, I guess, personal and professional life tie together for me, for, luckily, uh, in my work. So I grew up in Minnesota, um, kind of, according to some, the heart of pheasant country. And I pheasant hunted there and grew up hunting mostly alongside my dad, uncles, um, cousins. And uh, over the years have hunted just about everything in the places that I've lived. Um, big game, small game, birds, you name it. Um, and so I have kind of a long hunting journey. I'm formally trained as a wildlife biologist and researcher. So most of the work I did pertaining to that was focused on ungulate, specifically deer. Um, and I did my master's degree down in Mississippi, looking at how hunt, hunting pressure influences mature buck movements. Um, so that was a really fun project. I got to work with a bunch of landowners. Actually, that was where I saw my first bobwhite quail, um, was on my study site, my first wild bobwhite quail uh, specifically. And uh, also got to, you know, catch a bunch of deer and honestly soured myself a little bit on being in a tree stand. Um, I'm over that now, but for a while it was a little much. So, so give us, problem to have. give us the one takeaway, because I know there's a ton of deer hunters out here. What's your one takeaway for folks of, um, related to hunting pressure and big bucks? Oh, uh, it depends. As <laughs> <any good sense. laughs> You are a biologist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of factors that go into how much, uh, how that relationship plays out. But I thought, Bob, where you're going with that was what's your one takeaway for deer hunters in general, of which I do have one. And mm. some people will probably scoff and I'm okay with that. Um, you are overthinking your scent. That's what I would say to oh, every really? deer hunter everywhere. Huh. Yeah. You got, you got to play the wind. I mean, there's no way to be scent free. You could spend a lot of money and a lot of time, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of guys that have smoked a lot of cigarettes and shot a lot of deer. So, you know, at the same time, um, I don't, I don't encourage that, but I'm just saying that's the hill that I climb sometimes unnecessarily. Uh, okay. Anyway, so grad school was a great time. Mm. I learned a lot, met a lot of wonderful people. Um, and that was my first introduction, introduction to the South, um, uh, was when I moved to Mississippi. I had lived a lot of different places, but not in the Southeast. And uh, I met my husband, now husband, uh, in graduate school. He's also a wildlifer. Um, coincidentally, he's a little bit more focused on quail and habitat in general. Um, so that is what brought us to Tennessee. Uh, he got a job in Tennessee. He's from Tennessee. And we've been here now for four years, I think, right around four years. Mm. Um, and I, through the course of all that, began working for uh, the National Wildlife Federation's Artemis Sportswomen Program, which was just wonderful. Um, it was, you know, my whole life I'd been hunting, but never really got the opportunity to hunt with other women. And uh, that really opened up the door for me personally to make a lot of relationships with other women hunters and to help foster those relationships for other women amongst themselves. So 
that was a wonderful experience. That was my uh, deep dive into R3, I guess. Mm. And uh, then I was fortunate enough to join the team here and widen the scope um, beyond just women to all people that are new to hunting or returning to hunting. Mm. So I'm really excited about that. And do you have a bird dog at home? I do, yeah. He's a... Uh, <laughs> He's a psychopath. He's a Springer Spaniel. <laughs> so anybody out there with one will understand what I'm talking about when I say that. We love him dearly, um, but he's nuts. And how did you decide on a Springer? We couldn't afford a Boykin. Uh, we were in graduate school and we were poor and we wanted a dog that could do... Really, he's my husband's dog. Mm. Um, but he wanted a dog that could do ducks. We were big into waterfall hunting mm. at the time um, and also upland birds and... We wanted one that would be easy to pull into the boat um, out of the water. So 40 pounds was kind of the upper limit. And like I said, we looked for Boykins and they were just way too much money. Um, so we ended up with a Springer and we love him dearly. We have invested heavily into his well-being because he keeps trying to kill himself. Um, oh, no. Uh, what's his name getting, first? His name's Kiker. And uh, actually, it's timely because I just today came back from... Uh, work meeting at uh, Kiker Bottoms Wildlife Management Area here in Ooh. Tennessee, which is kind of, they've been working on quail management there since the 90s. Um, and so I just came back from the field, uh, getting kind of a refresh on quail habitat. And uh, it was really fun. And my husband was actually the first ever Quail Forever intern on that area. So the local chapter funded um, him as an intern and that program's ongoing. A lot of people have you know, gone on in their careers with quail from beginning there. So that was really a pivotal place in time for him. And so that's how our dog got his name. Interesting. So your husband doesn't work for us now, does he? No, he works for the state of Tennessee. Oh, okay. Okay. In quail biology. So he works in a small game biologist. Yeah, he's a lands manager. He's a okay. WMA manager. So yeah, but his, uh, the area that he manages is heavily focused on quail and I don't want to speak out of turn, so I'm not going to throw anything else out about it. But uh, a lot of the work he does is focused on early successional vegetative communities in quail. Uh, all right. So as we transition to how to hunt upland birds, I want to take a moment and thank our sponsor, our national sponsor, Onyx. Um, Onyx Hunt is proud to support Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever. And they want to thank everyone who gives back to the birds we all love in the places they call home. You can download the Hunt app for a free seven-day trial and get 20% off by using the code PFQF. That's PFQF for 20% off your Onyx Hunt membership and a portion of the proceeds go back to Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever's Wildlife Habitat mission. All right, how to hunt upland birds. And if folks are following along with a computer or a laptop um, or handheld computer, <laughs> also known as a cell phone, uh, you can look it up at howtohuntuplandbirds.org. Uh, Colby, tell us the origin story for this concept. 
Yeah, it actually uh, dates back a couple of years, Bob. Um, so it would have been winter of 21. Um, I was sitting here and, and I live in Nebraska out on the prairie and it is a windy, cold storm. Seasons are all shut down and I'm having a little bit of, uh, you know, cabin fever sitting here. And I'm thinking about all the memories that I had from that hunting season. Um, so the things that most of our listeners can refer back to, whether it was, you know, a particular flush or taking somebody new out into the outdoors or a sunrise or, you know, those early morning hunt camps that we love to experience. And I sat back and thought, it's just so important to me and has changed my life dramatically and raising my family in the outdoors and not getting to experience all those things when I was a kid, since I didn't, you know, start hunting until I was an adult and thought, how can we bottle up that magic and, and share it with the world? And when at this point in time in the world, uh, we had just gone through, you know, a lot of things and people were trying to figure out how to connect without getting together in a, in a social setting. You know, we had to adapt some of our programming and things like that. And so you've seen a lot of these uh, state agencies and things that were putting on webinars, how to learn to, to deer hunt or how to pheasant hunt and those types of things. But giving a PowerPoint presentation or writing a blog and, and all the things that we, we tried to do, um, in my mind, just did not capture those, those memories that um, so much drives us into the outdoors. Um, so any, anyways, long story short, um, I thought we can do better as an upland hunting community. And um, as a conservationist and mentor myself, um, I, I started writing down like what in a perfect world, how can we capture that and take it to audiences? And uh, that's where the idea began. And so I started writing down some ideas and just thought um, outside of the box and as big as I could get and thought if we were going to bring upland hunting uh, and put it in a new spotlight and bring it to people across the country, um, who are the people? Uh, what does it look like? What are the species? And I just started writing all of that stuff down, really. And and at that point in time, it was a, a dream, I would call it. Um, and here we are now uh, in August of 2023, getting ready to unveil it for the hunting season. So um, it, it really was to overcome the obstacles that were put in place by our barriers of having a, a learn to hunt program and um, traveling to those events and things. You know, one thing that if I'm coming into this podcast or just reading the preview text uh, or the title, it's easy to get the impression like how to up hunt upland birds. Like, oh, okay, this is a um, podcast or a video series for newbies, right? Like that's, so it's a really intuitive thing, but that's not accurate, really. I mean, this, this is something that goes beyond just somebody that's never hunted before. Cause it's, as I, as I watch some of these, like I, I look at, um, there's a series of videos connected with Ruben Mata in California. I've never hunted California Valley quail before. And, but I've hunted all over the country, just never California. This, this is an incredibly valuable resource not just to, and it's really valuable to a new hunter, but it's not just valuable only to new hunter, correct? Yeah, it, it that's absolutely correct. So 
you know, the audience that we are targeting for this is people of all ages, all demographics, no matter if you started hunting yesterday or you've been hunting for 30 years, there's something in this video series for you. Um, you know, if you're living in the Twin Cities or you're in the prairies in Nebraska, like myself, there's something of value in there. Um, we, we took a very authentic approach to this and it's more based on the storylines and the people and the variety. Um, that's what I love so much and, and learning about upland hunting and, and how it's different across the country and what it means to people. Um, we have all these different storylines and different people. There's different gear, different dogs, different habitat, different species. Um, so not only is there learning elements throughout, but really it's an inspirational series. So if, if all you've done is, is hunted pheasants in the Midwest and that's what you've grown up doing, this is showing that there's an opportunity for you to experience something new. There's opportunity on public lands. There's opportunity on habitat. There's opportunity through our walk-in programs that we partner with, with people across the country, that the opportunities are there for people. And uh, we're really trying to connect the dots um, for people to see that, man, maybe you've never been up to the Northern woods before. There is a awesome experience within this learning series that shows um, American woodcock and rough grouse hunting up in the North and, and, even people like my wife, um, you know, I was so proud of this project. And as it was unfolding in the production and the quality, my wife is, is not a hunter. Um, and we were sitting down one night and, and going through this, this content. And she's like, I want to watch the next one. Like what's next? I mean, it, it is a, a capturing um, the storylines and the, the cinematography with it is, is pretty capturing. Even to a non-hunter, uh, she watched the entire series and went through the whole course herself. So it's, it's uh, really, really um, high quality and authentic and, and something our organization is excited about. Yeah, I think that's really well stated. And when you do look at this um, entire video series, like, whoa, this has got high level videography, um, a lot of travel from, you know, North Dakota to California, Georgia to Maine to Minnesota, um, you know, woodcock, as you mentioned, and rough grouse to bobwhite quail in the south, to sharpies to valley quail in California. I mean, it covers a lot of different birds. Explain, you know, somebody looking at this is like, holy cow, this is a big video project for a nonprofit. How'd that all come together, Cody? Yeah, so there is uh, modernization of the Pittman-Robertson Act took place a few years ago. And uh, through that process, that is, um, they've been able to take some of the PR dollars and put it towards projects like this that are educational and trying to get more people um, involved in the outdoors. And so part of this was through a multi-state grant with the Association of Fish and Wildlife Agencies. And uh, that's where the partners came involved too, is, is when the partners come involved, we wanted to have all the experts at the table. When we were building this project, we just didn't want it to be a pheasants forever and quail forever. Here's our thoughts on it. Um, so we, we spent our time and, and we worked with, uh, you know, some great partners across the country and the support of uh, different state and fish and wildlife agencies with the funding um, through the Wildlife Restoration Acts to, to back all their production on this. So it was a really great project that um, we're excited about and uh, it's it's sportsmen and sportswomen dollars that are, are really bringing this to the forefront yeah including 
um, some partner nonprofit conservation organizations. Like, you know, the the main episode or episodes um, partner with the Rough Grouse Society, American Woodcock Society, and you got backcountry hunters and anglers involved. Our our good friends at NAVDA, North American Versatile Hunting Dog Association, and all those elements weave in so perfectly into into the planet. And then, you know, we've gone this far. We, without mentioning Mark Norquist and Modern Carnivore too, which is the, the video production and, and Mark's the host of a lot of these videos too. It's so really, really well done with a lot of hands involved. Um, I, I want to tr- change it, the conversation a little bit because when you, it's, I think it's probably hard to wrap head around what kind of what this format is from somebody listening to a podcast so i want ashley you're you're relatively new to the organization and i know you've worked your way through the videos through the film how would you lay this out from somebody listening to this to understand the format of this video series well, when we talk about it, we describe it as an educational series, which it is, but it is not stuffy in the way that many educational things can be. So I think this could easily, in my opinion, be a series on Netflix. Um, it's it's that good. It's really like you can watch it without the desire to learn anything. You will by osmosis, but it's really like Colby said, it's about the stories. It's about being drawn in. So um, there's five different stories and places and people that are showcased. Um, and each video is in the neighborhood of 25 minutes long. I should call them films because I feel like they just are film versus video. Um, each one's a little under a half an hour and it's like, it's just a story. It's a good story to watch. Yeah. The, the base stories, you really can sit down with a beer and a, you know, bucket of popcorn and it, it does feel like you're watching outdoor channel with a little bit of connection to the culture to the land, the interpersonal relationships that exist with each hunter, and then yes. tying it all together at the end with a meal. Um, it, like you said, like it, if you think your favorite outdoor channel story, it's twenty-two minutes of the episode with commercials in between. These are like twenty-eight minutes, no commercials. So. Yeah, no commercials, <laughs> and. You, Bob, you talked about like the relationships, and I think that's one of the things that this series does so beautifully that maybe an you know a hunter ed course or something like that is like pretty sterile, I think, and step by step, A plus B equals C, and this really illuminates beautifully the culture that is deeply embedded into hunting and that interpersonal relationship. Which even if you're doing solo hunts, even if you know you're out deer hunting by yourself, you're gonna come back and tell somebody about how it went. And if you shoot something that you're happy about, you're going to share that meat with somebody or you're going to share a photo and the story. And so I think that for myself personally is deeply embedded into why and how I hunt is the relationship aspect. And this showcases that so wonderfully. So I think even like Colby said, it's for anybody. If you've been hunting, I learned things watching this series. I've been hunting for more than 20 years now. Um, Or if, if you've never hunted, it's a great way to get a feel for what your experience might be like. Um, just to understand what other people are experiencing when they're hunting in general. So I really love that it gets at that nuance. The So each of these people kind of have a foundational story, a half hour introduction, who they are, 
what the bird is, where that, but then, then there's sort of a second format to this whole course that is a little bit more nuts and bolts and how to, and it, it, it covers a wide range of topics. So give us a sense of, you know, what, what those approach, what that approach is on the second half, Ashley. Well, I think it helps drive home some of the things that you definitely see in the videos, but maybe aren't focused on because you're, again, lost in the story. Mm -hmm. um, so it kind of gets at some of that. It's a little bit like a quiz, but not in, not in like a, I hope you studied for this type of way. Um, and I think another thing that's really wonderful is it, it, it doesn't explain explicitly. It's not somebody talking at you about how to go do something. Mm -hmm. It's two people doing it and talking about it as they do it. And so I think it opens up the door for further exploration on your own, which as with any lifelong endeavor, which hopefully hunting is for listeners, um, you're always learning. You're always going to be growing and developing. So it sets the stage nicely for that as well. Yeah, I agree. That, I mean, it, as foundational as, okay, you live in Minnesota and you want to go hunt bobwhite quail for the first time, there's sort of a bobwhite quail basics. But then there's also broader topics like the ethics of hunting or the culture or how to clean a bird. It's like, it, it is really, it, it is really packaged nicely because it is that you get pulled in by these 28 minute films because they do feel like films where you connect personally with the hunter and their family and their bird and the culture and the habitat. And you're like, I really want to do that. I really want, I, I got done watching Ruben's California Valley quail. And I'm like, ah, I got to get to California because it, it does. It, it, it's really set up nicely where each hunter is set in their home area, like in the main episode, like on the coast and, um, the hunter is a woman whose dad is a lot, was a lobster man, you know, and you talk about things that are so unique to that area and that you think about lobster in Maine, but you also think about rough grouse, right? And it really pulls you in, like you mentioned earlier, to, to a film. There's, there's a narrative here. And then it does, as you watch it and you get, sold on the idea the beauty the aesthetic of whatever that bird is or wherever that place is you're like okay i need to dig a little bit deeper and go to that place and learn how to do that that go ahead colby yeah and i think one one part that's really important bob is we set this all up on a it's it's called a learning management system um but you can choose your own adventure too so like if you came into this and and you maybe when you sit down and you first start exploring and playing around, you can go directly to whichever part you want to digest first. So if you don't want to sit through all of the films, you want to go right to a learning session. Uh, maybe you're not interested in the pheasant stuff. You want to go straight to the valley quail. You can do that. Uh, I think once you start diving into this series, you're going to want to watch the whole thing from beginning to end. Uh, but the nice part is it it um, tracks where you are so you can come back to it. You can watch it at a different time. You don't have to, you know, sit down for three hours to watch all of this you can you can do it at different times and um, I think that's a really important part to where you can really create your own journey and I feel like I buried the lead this is free <laughs> I mean, right, right like how many how many classes or learning like I think about 
there's a proliferation of dog training seminars online and but they, they come with a somewhat hefty price tag a lot of times. Now I'm not saying they're not worth it, but there's a point of entry. This is free. Like Ashley, people want to do this. All they got to do is enter some information, right? Yeah, and it's minimal. We kept uh, the information we're asking down to the bare bones of what we absolutely need. So you don't have to fork over really anything to be able to enjoy this. And I think that, you know, somebody once said uh, advice is worth what you pay for it or instruction is worth what you pay for it. And I think that's true. And the good news for everybody is this has already been paid for. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, right. So now it's available to you and it, it is really... It's really high quality. It's very engaging. I mean, obviously I'm on here to promote it, but I truly believe and feel all of this. I mean, when Colby told me, when I first came on, he's like, make sure you watch this. I sat down and was like, wow, I'm getting paid to watch this. This is amazing. Like I would love to just, you know, sit down in the evening and do this. So it's great. <laughs> um, all right. I'll point people to the website again. It's very simple. Howtohuntuplandbirds.org. Simple as that. And as Ashley meant, it, it, it mentioned, it's already paid for. So all you got to do is enroll, enter your name. I think it's your name and your email address. I mean, it's super straightforward. And it paid for through a grant that these uh, fil films and videos were put together. It just takes a little bit of information and you can literally pop some popcorn, grab a beer and watch them like Netflix because legitimately the five introductory stories of Ruben Mata in California, Darrell Smith in Georgia uh, with Bob White Quail, Amanda Dyer in Maine with Rough Grouse and Woodcock, Kayla Bendel uh, North Dakota, her gray partridge and pheasants and a little bit of sharp tail and, and our buddy Ken Yang in Minnesota hunting pheasants, those 22 to 30 minute features are film quality and they're fantastic. And they are as entertaining as anything you're going to watch on your regular network or cable or whatever streaming service you like. Just go to um, howtohuntuplandbirds.org. We're not going to belabor this episode because we want you to go to the website and watch these films and get excited about learning about hunting up on birds, doing something that you maybe haven't ever chased before. Um, closing thoughts, Ashley, what did we miss or what, what would you like to underscore as we wrap this, put a bow on this episode? I mean, we touched on this, but the, the wide range of people and places that are showcased in this series means that everybody can see some of themselves in these films. And I think for me personally, and a lot of people that I've worked with just getting into hunting or returning to it, that can be really important and really beneficial. So even without talking to anybody or having a mentor to go in the field with, just seeing yourself or part of yourself out there doing it, so to speak, um, can be really powerful. And I feel like this series does that really well. So um, come watch it. Bring, you know, anybody around you that maybe is a hunter, maybe isn't, and might be interested because it's it's good watching and it is very inspirational. I mm -hmm. want to go to California now, which isn't something that I really thought about before. <laughs> right? Like, um, who thinks about going to California to go bird hunting? But I yeah. got done watching Ruben and I was like, damn, I got to go do that.
Yeah, for sure. Um, Colby, what's your closing thought? I got a couple of things, Bob. Um, one, obviously, is you can't, if you can't tell already, we're super excited mm-hmm. about this. Um, and when it comes to the signing up part of it, you know, signing up your email and stuff like this isn't signing up for a sweepstakes with a bunch of partner emails and things that are going to happen. The only reason we're signing up is because they're individuals going through a, a learning management system. And so we can see how many people have participated in those types of things. Which we got to track not, for the grant anyways. Correct. That, that That's all that's behind it, you know, and then that way you have a custom, you know, with that login so you can come back to where you left off. Um, so you're not signing up to get a whole bunch of emails or anything like that. I don't know. People sometimes get worried about that. Um, a few other things, the partners. I know we mentioned a few of them, but uh, we missed out on a couple of really important ones. Uh, Minority Outdoor Alliance, um, great partner of ours, was was involved in in building this out. Um, and then Becoming an Outdoors Woman is uh, another great organization that was a big part of this. But then the other ones, you know, Modern Carnivore, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, uh, Midwest Association of Fish and Wildlife Agencies, NABDA, Rough Grouse, all great partners. When you talk about like, how are we really going to deliver what the upland hunting world is about? Those are the people that live and breathe upland community every day. And uh, we're really thankful for them to all be a part of this. Um, Then the other thing, you know, that I guess I will just leave everybody with is hunting season is coming. (laughs) And uh, if you want something, you know, it is the dog days of summer right now, but you want something to really get you fired up about, Um, Like I said, no longer, if you've hunted for 30 years or you're just interested, um, check it out. That's all I ask, because if we can get people to go in and and just look at the very first few stories, they're going to be um, bought into the whole process. You know, there's custom drawing. We didn't even hit on that. In the learning section, we had a bunch of custom drawings that were done, sketches and gear and um, sounds and all kinds of stuff. But um, I couldn't be more excited for the upland hunting uh, season that's coming up. And uh, this to me is, is going to be the kickoff for the 2023 season across the country. And uh, we're, we're welcoming everybody to join along on our journey. So if, if folks watch these and they want to provide feedback, whether that's like, Oh, that I love that. And that was super helpful. Or, Hey, did you ever think about a video about this? Like, could you add to the library if folks wanted to provide that kind of feedback, Colby, how do you want them to, um, to reach out to you? Yeah, there'll be, a um, even within the course, there's going to be a, a way for people to interact and, and send an email to our organization that'll end up, um, on Ashley's desk. So she'll, uh, she'll respond back when she gets a chance. Uh, but you can always reach out to our entire team within the conservation education programs, uh, whether it's related to this or anything else, we would, uh, love to hear from everybody. So if they want to send an email, um, to myself or specifically for this course, send an email to Ashley, our, uh, web pages have all the information right on it. Otherwise, we can we can give you our our information here too. Yeah, real straightforward for everybody. It's uh, first name, um, so first letter of person's first name followed by their last name at quailforever.org or at pheasantsforever.org. And um, certainly welcome feedback as you go through this. Love to hear what really resonated, um, and then also, you know, this is not intended to be the you know end all be all so we we definitely want to hear back what's what's the next element of the library that maybe is missing 
because the more we can track uh, a trend, it's like, oh, you know, you got you got one thing on dogs, but we need more dog content. Like whatever that is, um, you know, we we'd like to be able to track that and and add to this because it's just an amazing, amazing brand new tool. And we hope people use it as we head into hunting season. Yeah, Ashley. Yeah, and Bob, I would be remiss to uh, not mention our Hunter Mentor Pledge. So I'm sure that people are going to be watching this that are already hunters, maybe alongside somebody who is not a hunter. And I think that's a perfect setup for folks to sign up to take the pledge. Um, we have been doing it, I think this is, is this the third or the fourth year, Colby? Uh, this will be going into the fourth year. Into the fourth year. So you can go on our map um, or on our webpage, excuse me, and see a map of all of the people that have taken the pledge across the country, which is super wonderful for me to see. Um, but basically, you sign up for the pledge and all it is is saying that you are committing to taking a new uh, or lapsed hunter. So somebody who at one time was a hunter and has kind of fallen away back out into the field. So I would just encourage everybody as you gear up for your season to be thinking about how you can pass it on. Um, pay it forward um, because whatever situation brought you to hunting, you're fortunate to have experienced it. And so I think um, as a hunter, we all have that responsibility to share the thing that we are so passionate about. Um, and the pledge has comes with some perks. So you should do it because it's a wonderful thing to do, but um, it doesn't hurt to sign up and get something as well. Yeah, right on. And, and thanks to Alps Outdoors, yes, our long, yeah. longtime uh, national sponsor and sponsor of the Mentor Hunter Pledge. So thanks to Alps. And um, final point in a direction, the super issue of the Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever Journal, if you're a current member, you'll find a spread that will provide even more details about this video tutorial series um, right in the middle of the Upland Hunt, uh, super issue, which is now in the mail as we record this. So uh, check that out, but you can go right to the website, howtohuntuplandbirds.org. Hope you check it out. Hope you enjoy it and hope you send us some feedback. Colby, Ashley, thank you very much for joining me. Um, I'm Bob St. Pierre reminding you to always follow the dog. Hunting season is almost here. And that means something good will rise. Thanks, folks. <laughs>